This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we are breaking down District 5 and 6 activities week in, week out here in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, joined, as always, by my East Idaho cohort, uh, at least for a little bit longer. Uh, and then soon, you know, you'll be our East Idaho correspondent. Uh, that's Sean Kane. Sean, what's up? Hey, not much. It's kind of sunny out, um, you know, not a lot of precipitation, but... What's been falling are the baskets in East Idaho, man. A lot of a lot of good hoop action. Oh, that was a slick transition, Sean. That was really nice. Uh, yeah, you're you're dead on. Let, let's just get right into it because there was a lot of great basketball action. We took last week off for the holidays. You know, the, the week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff happening basketball wise, but uh, without any results to talk about right at Christmas. I figured it'd be better to just let those holiday tournaments play out. Then we could come back uh, the first week of the new year and kind of break down what we saw. Um, so, let, I mean, let's get right into it. I think we have to start with the East Idaho holiday shootout that was hosted by Bonneville, Rigby, Idaho Falls, and Skyline. All four schools kind of combining to host 16 girls teams. And I think it ended up being 24 boys teams from all over, Nevada, Utah, uh, Western Idaho, and schools of all types of sizes. We had Centennial here, uh, Thunder Ridge was playing, uh, you know, all the way down to, um, you know, some 3A schools that were competing here as well. So, so Sean, you were there, we, so we did all the broadcasts from Skyline High School over the three days of the tournament. And Sean, you were there for the first day of action. Yeah. You got to see, you got to see quite a bit. Uh, let's start yeah. with with girls basketball, what stood out to you from the East Idaho holiday shootout? Well, first of all, I just have to give a shout out to Ty Shippen at Skyline, man. He just does a phenomenal job. He, I mean, I know you're the bracket guy, but if there was like a second bracket guy, he makes phenomenal brackets, gets all the information out there. Couldn't be more helpful. Ty Shippen, phenomenal. And uh, girls basketball, wow. Um, the game I got to see was you know, probably the most anticipated first round matchup I can think of. Oh, actually, let me let me backtrack because um, the first game I saw was Snake River. Snake River um, is excellent. Snake River uh, is a great team. They beat Elko uh, pretty handedly. It wasn't much of a game. Um, they came up a little short against a very good American Fork team from Utah. But I'm going to tell you, Snake River has some great players um shooting the ball um uh, reese baldwin down low and uh they don't have a deep bench but they're pretty tall the coach's daughter is tall too and a good inside presence and snake river is i mean watch out for snake river they're gonna be they're gonna be good uh yeah they won the first one lost the second one they they dropped down and ended up playing um madison and they lost or they beat madison by one point um, and I've seen Madison. Madison's a team that is, it, you know, they might not make it to state because that conference is so tough, but they're a good team on, on a path. But what I was going to start with, but I forgot about Snake River, but uh, was the Pocatello Thunder and Bishop Kelly matchup. Um, it was everything we thought it was going to be. Lance Taylor was broadcasting with me. We, we, we felt like it, you know, it could be a playoff game. It, you know, it could affect some rankings. I'm sure you'll get into some rankings later, but um back and forth game well kind of a back and forth game 
Bishop Kelly came up with a 7-0 run and kind of Pocatello was chasing. I think Pocatello take a, took a lead at one point at that game and kind of came down to three throws. Both teams shot poorly from the three throw line. Um, and Bishop Kelly was able to come away, away with a win. And Bishop Kelly's got Hyler and not, you know, a couple really tough players. And and uh, Bishop Kelly's good. But, you know, Pocatello, they've got Lust, the freshman, and Garza down low. And they're, they're solid. And and Rogers is a good shooter. And Pocatello has a lot of people that, you know, it's kind of whoever catches on fire, that's going to kind of take them that game. But um, that was a really good game there. And then the Thunder also um they played rigby pretty close rigby which is another good girls team and uh pocatel lost to rigby 38 49 and then pocatel played elko nevada and, and smoked them 72 um to 20 uh 27 but in the girls side that was pretty sweet um and then also i didn't get i did stay and watch um skyline girls and when they played american fork and american fork was a really good team and uh skyline really had to scrap that one out and man shay Shippen had a tournament (laughs) for sure she um they had her i think she averaged about 32 points and 12 rebounds a game shay Shippen did throughout that tournament and uh they ended up they didn't uh they i don't know where they went so 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 from there they beat bishop kelly yeah, they um, went the Bishop Kelly. Yep. By by six, uh, 64 to 59. Oh, yeah. That's actually five. Uh, so that that puts Skyline in the in the championship game of of their bracket where they had to play Ridgeline uh, from Utah. And, and Ridgeline won that 66 49. But Skyline gets the, the runner up there in the girls competition. Um, but but again, you know, with Skyline is a team we've seen in person this year a couple of different times, Sean. And I, yep. you know, I, I try not to compare too much, especially at these three day tournaments, because three games in three days is always tough. Um, right off the holiday as well. But, you know, BK beats Pocatello. Skyline beats BK. You know, where does that put all three? All three of these teams are expected to contend for spots at state. So these are all oh, yeah. teams that we could see again at the 4A state tournament. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, those those head-to-head matchups might mean something later and mean nothing. You know, once you get to tournament, it's you got to win. You got to win three games in a row. And Skyline was the best of the 4A girls, you know, to kind of try to come up with the win three games, you know. Um, they won they won two. So, uh yeah, both uh, all three teams really, really solid at the at that four A level, and you know I think it was really good for Bishop Kelly to come down and kind of see what East Idaho had, and uh, you know Bishop Kelly plays I would say very aggressive. They're not afraid to get 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 out there and foul, um, trying to steal the ball and stuff, and it, it was a little different. Um, you know, Skyline sometimes is a little more of a kind of a finesse, but Shea Shippen can get down blow get down on the blocks and uh, make it. Uh, not finesse at all. <laughs> yeah, she she uh, she can mix it up with the best of them inside for sure. And Ka- and Kaisa Shippen played really well. Oh yeah, oh out, yeah, out on the perimeter as well. She was our IdahoSports.com player of the game for at least one of the the skyline games that I know of. Um, I was kind of following from afar. I was up in North Idaho, but I was uh, kind of checking in on on all of that action uh, that was taking place. Uh, how, how about on the boys' side? The boys' side was was a little beefier in terms of the bracket, in terms of the teams that were competing. Um, what were your big takeaways from the East Idaho holiday shootout on the boys side? Um, you know, 
I, you know, Rigby, Rigby is an overtime. Maybe I think if they make a three throw, it doesn't go overtime. Um, they beat uh, Sunrise Mountain from Arizona, and I and I think they win the Army bracket if Rigby comes out of that overtime. I think Rigby, you know, Justin Jones, the head coach there, um, Kobe Jones, they just they have they're a scrappy team. I, I, you know, that's kind of a phrase that gets thrown out there. But if you watch some of their games, they're 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 just scrappy. They get out there and um, get it done, and they're really solid. Um, Highland had some good games. Uh, Skyline boys had some good games too, as well. Um, man, there's a lot of East Idaho teams. Century won two, ended up playing Timberline, which they had beat at home previously, but lost to them um, at the tournament. Uh, I mean, for that tournament, um, Century's Luke Pantea was averaging about 27 points per game. So Luke Pantea is kind of someone who's, I think, a little underrated. He's a lefty. Um, he's one of those players you would watch the game and kind of be like, yeah, he had an okay game and he has 27 points, uh, kind of gets it in the flow, creates helps. And then that lefty, that lefty drive to the hoop creates a lot of mismatches and problems for people. So that was pretty good too. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there, there's, <laughs> we had a lot of East Idaho teams there. I had to go sugar Salem is another good team that was there. Um, they played really well and, uh, yeah, I, you know, I can't I can't wait for Rigby Madison. I think that's just gonna be unreal, real matchup. You know, I have to give credit to Timberline. Their bus broke down on the way there, you know, from from Boise and they got there and you know took care of business. So congrats to Timberline. Yeah, and it's crazy that they and Century end up matching up again after they had already played once this year. That's the way it goes to tournaments sometimes. And you, you talked about Rigby, Sean. I mean, think about this. Rigby loses that overtime game in the semis to, to Sunrise Mountain, Arizona. Then they turn around on the on the final day and they've got to play Star Valley, Wyoming, and they get the win 81 to 73, but it came in triple overtime. So yeah. between the two between the two games, Sean, Rigby picked up an extra game. They played an extra four quarters. Yeah, and um and I got to see Star Valley versus Burley and uh Star Valley is I believe a 4A size school in Wyoming, right? Yes. They could they could compete with I mean most of the 5A teams here into Idaho Star Valley is well coached and just a super efficient they just do like what's the Hoosiers thing the fundamentals they're like just fundamental they pass it to the three throw line they got the two outlets no one's rusting, running and no one's out of control and uh I think Lance Taylor said they're very balanced and like on the court they're not doing anything failing and uh yeah Star Valley is balanced but um yeah Star Valley could compete with a lot of those teams up in the upper bracket and yeah, and I yeah I watched the end of that game, the Rigby Star Valley, and that was just I mean that could have went, I could have went anyway. But it, like I said, you if you go three overtimes, I don't want to play Rigby. They're scrappy. If they find a way to crawl the way into the game, you don't. That's not who you want to play. They they are super just scrappy and get the job done. Yeah, we talked about this year that uh, District Five Six gets one and a half teams to state, um, and we kind of thought in the preseason Madison was the team to beat. And, and Madison's good, but I, I kind of shifted now, and I really think Rigby is the team that's got it going. And I, either way, I think both teams have a good chance of advancing to state. Uh, second team will get in via the play-in game against somebody from Boise, but, uh, boy, they both look really, really good. Let's let's shift to some other holiday tournaments that took place. Uh, Parma hosted a, a little holiday tournament. It was mostly 3A, 2A teams uh, for the most part over there in Parma. Uh, on the girls' side, you had – 
American Falls and Malad both went over to compete. Uh, Malad had to play the hosts from Parma right away, and Parma is a very good 3A girls basketball team. Um, Malad lost on the opening day 69 to 40. Uh, American Falls also fell in a very close game to Weezer, which is kind of the favorite over in District 3 basketball, along with Parma. Um, American Falls lost by 8, 45 to 37. So so one kind of lopsided loss, one tight loss. Then on the second day, they both get bounced into the other side of the bracket. Malad's got to play Weezer. I mean, there's no and, – and I guess this wasn't there's a bracket. A- this, this was all kind of predetermined matchups. Here are your three oh. games. Here's who you're going to play. Malad didn't get any easier. They had to play Weezer the next day. Uh, they, they, they fall 64, 47 American falls comes out and stomps Nampa Christian 68 to 36. And then on the final day of the tournament, you had American falls finish with a, uh, positive record of two and one, um, as they got a win in their third and final contest, um, against, uh, who did they play in that last matchup? I'm trying to go through all of our scores here and by the way shouts to all the coaches that continue to send in the scores night in night out because we have the most complete scoreboard of anybody anywhere on the internet so yeah i was gonna say the the tournament that century went to never put the final score in uh the girls in the tarkin classic but we've got it on idaho sports so yeah yes the targanian classic i'm just saying uh, for sure um so yeah american falls uh ended up getting a win uh over napa christian on the second day of the tournament we talked about how they had lost uh, the first game of the tournament as well um and then uh this so they go two and one malad ends up going oh and three at the tournament in parma so um it was a mixed bag overall. I think for American Falls, the big takeaway is that, you know, they're probably, I don't know, they they and Snake River, right, are, are going to be right there competing. And I know yeah. you, you really like Marsh Valley as well, but I think now American Falls and Coach Stephen Gregg have kind of seen, okay, we've played some of the best from District 3. Here are some things we can work on. Yeah, and, I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to go play those teams. And like I said, I, w- I was, I liked Marsh Valley and, but after seeing Snake River, man, Snake River is that's a tough little conference there. Snake River, American Falls, Marsh Valley, but Snake River right now is seems like the the most complete team um, out there, kind of at that level. I they just have a lot of they have they can go inside, they can go outside. Uh, their three point shooting is phenomenal. So, but yeah, you know you got to go up to those tournaments and play to um, to see where you're at, and that will just help later on the season. Definitely. So, so yeah, on the, on the third day of the tournament, American Falls had to play Parma. Um, they they lost that game by a score of 52-42. So they, they dropped an eight-point game to Weezer, a 10-point game to Parma. All in all, pretty encouraging sign for American Falls. And then, and then Malad, I misspoke. Malad beat Napa Christian on the third and final day, 56-30. to 30. So Malad went one and two at that tournament. Um, I think for the bigger schools, you know, your five A's and four A's, if you weren't playing at the East Idaho holiday shootout, you were probably in Boise for the Timberlion tournament. And that, that is more teams from the North than teams from the West. I think the only team from East Idaho that ended up going over to compete, and this is a girls only tournament that's co-hosted by Timberline and Bora over there in Boise um, was Thunder Ridge. And so we know Thunder, we know Thunder Ridge is good. This was their opportunity to kind of show the rest of the state, you know, hey, 
this is the kind of team we have this year, and here's what we can do. And Timberline, or excuse me, uh, Thunder Ridge goes over and and plays pretty well. You know, they play on the opening day. They take on Bora. Bora's not very good this year. They win 69-27. The second day, they play Whitney, California. And, and Whitney, California kind of got run out of the gym in all three of their games, but Thunder Ridge won 46-26. And then the big matchup we were really looking forward to was the final day against Eagle. Eagle's a good team over from District 3. Thunder Ridge wins 53-46. to So Titans go 3-0. Pretty good yeah, trip. Yeah, that's their you know, Thunders. Uh, just or Yeah, the, the Titans are going to be the Thunder Ridge Titans are going to be, that's going to be a tough team. And uh, that's a good win over Eagle. Eagle probably, you know, is predicted pretty high up there. So yeah, good job for the lady Titans. Definitely. And and yeah, the, the last girls tournament I want to touch on happened actually before Christmas, but as we were recording our last podcast before the holiday break, this tournament was still in progress. So we didn't get a chance to, you know, finish it out. But um, the Century Girls went down to Las Vegas, as you mentioned, for the Tarkanian Classic. Uh, that was the 19th through the 22nd, basically, right before Christmas. Uh, first game for Century uh, at the Tarkanian Classic. They end up playing Crossroads, California. They get a win, 39-23. to 23. That advanced them to the winner's side of the bracket, where on day two then, they had to come out and play against El Rancho, California. They won that game, forty-two to twenty-five. So now they're in the semis. Uh, of Interesting the... game there, and against West. Yes. From... So, so this is uh, West High from Salt Lake City, um, and and it's an overtime game. But Century wins again, forty yeah. to thirty-three, and so that puts them in the championship against. Las Vegas High. I didn't know there was a Las Vegas High. I know Vegas has a lot of high schools, but there is an original Las Vegas High from Nevada. Century wins it 60 to 39. Diamondbacks go 4 0, win their bracket at the Tarkanian Classic. That is exceptionally hard to do. Yeah, super hard to do. Um, in that West game, Century's down. Libby Evans hit a buzzer beater just to get to overtime. Um, and they held West to zero points. In overtime, um, kind of some big takeaways from that. Taylor Smith um, had a triple-double, and that was her third. And she had a triple-double against Las Vegas High School in the championship. 17 points, 11 assists, 10, 10 rebounds. Um, so three triple-doubles in a season already for Taylor Smith is, I mean, that's I don't know how many stats we have on that, but that's pretty unreal. And she was the tournament MVP, and um, they just – she had a phenomenal tournament. Um and also against West, Addie Butler, we've talked about her before. She had 28 points and 10 uh, rebounds versus Las Vegas. So, um, yeah, the, the bigs were uh, were putting it to the rim in that tournament. But, you know, they Century kind of struggled um, start of season, but now they're on a six-game winning streak. Um, they'll play conference opponent Pocatel Thunder this Friday at the Snake Pit. Um which will it will just be a pretty exciting game. I was talking to some of the girls at the boys game last night, and they're and uh, at the first of the season they were kind of you know eh, we're playing basketball, and but now they're kind they're hungry. They 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 were giving me a lot of guff because they watched obviously the uh, Pocatello Thunder BK game. So um, and I was on the call for that. So they were like, "Oh, playoff teams, huh? What about us?" Is what they were telling me. So. Um, I'm like, and then, you know, you go and look and see what they went down. It didn't Las Vegas and they, you know, they're not wrong. So 
I'll take the, I'll take it from him. <laughs> yes, and again, yes, yeah, Century and Pokey appear headed for this collision course. Only one spot to state available. Preston just ravaged by injuries. They're not yeah. really a factor, but uh, Century and Pokey both really good and playing well. Pokey again. I'll remind everybody: the only team this year to beat Shelley, which is yep. the top ranked team in 4a girls hoops so yeah it's going to be phenomenal <laughs> that is friday night we will have get, get full recaps from that and also the century pocatello boys play this week as Tomorrow well night, yep. yeah um so something new we're doing here in the new year on idahosports.com sean we're, we're basically doing the idahosports.com uh, top 25 you know we're kind of stealing this from college basketball if you will uh we're going to give you the top 25 girls the top 25 boys and how are we determining what the top 25 is we're using the idahosports.com power rankings which is a rankings formula somewhat similar to max preps but different in some very important ways um the biggest being that max preps uses what's called predictive metrics where you know century plays Preston in girls basketball and century is supposed to win by 30 and they only win by 10. Well, century gets penalized in our systems. It's all based on actual results. What happens? Century gets the 10 point win. That's going to boost them. Uh, so there's no predictive metrics in what we do with our power rankings, unlike max preps. Um, but long story short, not only are we doing the top 25 for Idaho girls and boys basketball, and this is regardless of classification, we're going to do it every day. <laughs> so I kind of like this idea where every weekday morning, I'm going to take the weekends off, but every weekday morning, because the, the rankings change every night, you know, depending on who wins and who loses. And it's going to give us an idea of, you know, for example, Bishop Kelly, when I first looked at the power rankings before the games last night, Bishop Kelly was like 20th. Well, they got a win last night over a good Columbia team. And that shot BK up to number nine. So we can find find out and figure out that, hey, that was a pretty good win for Bishop Kelly. So I think this is going to be a great way for us to kind of in real time, day by day, assess how these teams are playing, how important was that win or that loss that they just took. And so, I don't know, kind of a fun thing we're going to try out. And, and so anyways, the teams from East Idaho that were ranked in our debut top 25 rankings, you can find these right now on the homepage, idahosports.com. Uh, North Fremont at number two yeah, nice. overall <laughs> at 11 and one. How about that for the Huskies and coach Ben Lenz? Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> you know, you're kind of surprised when you see the whole list, but knowing how well they they're coached up there and how those teams play, you're not surprised, but just kind of seeing North Fremont there. I'm a little seeing North Fremont over Thunder Ridge is, is a little hard for me to swallow, but, uh, I get, I get what it's, it's thrown out there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not, we're not saying right now, this is the best teams we're saying just kind of how all the games have played out and stuff. So it, it's kind of cool. Gives, gives uh players fans something to kind of talk about and give you an idea. Cause you know, everyone's like, Oh, they're only a three, a, they couldn't beat a five. You know what I mean? I kind of like that mixing it up because if you get to go and see some of the teams, you know, that certain teams definitely have a chance to play at, any level or what you know whatever it takes so yes and and so yeah you know using the eye test right i think we'd both agree that thunder ridge is you know probably a top top five team and they are they're ranked fourth but i, I think we'd say thunder ridge probably should be one or two using the eye test but yeah um this is kind of what makes the debate fun is the computers don't 
don't have the 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 human element like we do. Uh, so it's kind of like the old BCS back in the day. But North Fremont 11 and one. Their only loss this year is to Teton, and then they beat Teton in the rematch. So that helped them out quite a bit. Uh, Thunder Ridge is is at number four, as we said. They're 13 and 0 this year. Mackey checking in at number five at 12 and one on the season. And this also is the more games you have played, the more yeah. that shoots you up the rankings because it's not a predictive based formula because it is a results oriented formula of course the teams that have played more games are going to be ranked higher but that will even out as the schedules even out down the stretch here so Mackie at number five Shelly at number seven soda springs at eight we had rigby at 12 and west side at 22 and snake river at 24 and Rockland at 23. Oh, yeah, and Rockland at 23. Can't forget that. Anybody missing here, Sean? <laughs> um, <laughs> Pokey, Century, two teams we just talked about. Skyline? I mean, I mean, seeing how, uh, yes, I would, Skyline's, Skyline, you know, Skyline will play Shelly again. And, you know, like you said, at the end, that went up. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to have Shelly in there. I think Pokey and Century are, they, you know, they're right on the cusp there. I like, snake river i think i think snake river could be higher <laughs> but uh yeah um you know those that's because i've seen these teams play i think shelly's in a good spot um it'll be interesting just kind of see how the season goes i think for that conference shelly and skyline you know blackfoot don't forget about blackfoot's a good solid team there idaho falls is playing well um it'll be interesting will these rankings um take into account the district the district games too or no yes it does it okay so that's different than different than max preps max preps doesn't take the the district tournament games into your ranking right yes and and, and it will even it will even take into if you want to look that far down the line state tournament games as well so you usually when you look at the end of the year for the power rankings the team that won state typically is the team that ends mm -hmm. up at the top just by you know winning state but and more um, games yeah, it's, it's an exercise that we will do through district tournament play. And then when we get to state, you know, no, no need to update it at that point. I but know. through district play, um, it'll be fun to kind of chart, you know, who didn't make it to state from the top 25. Um, so that that's a fun exercise that we'll do. Uh, and, and we'll talk about the boys top 25 after we kind of recap quickly what happened in the boys holiday tournaments. We already talked about the East Idaho holiday shootout and kind of who stood out there. Um, at the Parma Holiday Tournament, it was a girls and a boys tournament. Uh, Snake River and West Jefferson uh, representing East Idaho. They end up meeting in the championship, Sean. This is pretty cool. So on the opening day, Snake River defeats Weezer 67 to 38. And then you had West J beat Parma 78 to 63. And I think both teams favored to win in those games. The semifinals is where, okay, the degree of difficulty gets kicked up a notch. Um, in the semis, you had Snake River playing uh, Skyview, and that was a team that was a 4A team. And I guess uh, I misread the bracket here, Sean, as I'm looking at it. Snake River and West J played for third and fourth place. I thought it was for the championship. Okay. Uh, but but um, Snake River nearly knocked off Skyview, a 4A team. They lost 60-58. to 58. West J fell to Columbia, a 4A team, 65 to 40. And so, yes, then they met up on the final day for third and fourth place. And West J, and we, we know Snake River's good, right? We know they're a good team. 
West Jay is a team that's really been flying under the radar. Kelvin Crouch has done a phenomenal job with the Panthers this year. They beat Snake River 72-64, to 64, so congratulations to West Jefferson. Um, they've been really under my radar. I haven't been giving them enough love this year, so West Jay boys, way to go. Yeah, and, the, you know, they, they beat Parma. That's a big win, I think, too, for West Jefferson. So, yeah, they that is, they're kind of a little bit under the radar. I, <laughs> but congrats to them. Yeah, uh, really phenomenal to see. Um, there was also a tournament over in New Plymouth, boys only, the truckstop.com tournament. Uh, the only teams from East Idaho that were over there were Soda Springs, uh, which was one of the bigger schools along with New Plymouth. They're, they're 2A schools. Um, and then Water Springs was there from the 1A D2 ranks. And so, um, you know, for Soda, they lost a victory charter by three on the first day. Uh, that put them into the consolation side of the bracket where then they had to play uh, basically in a, in a consolation bracket battle. Soda Springs had to play Ontario, Oregon. Um, Ontario's had a rough go of it this year. They're 0-10 against Idaho opponents and with the losses coming to 10 different Idaho teams, if you can, fa- if you can fathom that. Um, so Soda bounces back and beats the Tigers of Ontario. And then on the final day, uh, basically playing for fifth and sixth place, uh, Soda Springs uh, took on Kamii, which was the 1A D1 runner-up a year ago. Went to overtime. Kamii wins by two 41 to 39. So Soda goes one and two of the tournament. Water Springs this is the team I want to highlight here, though, and, and we'll get to it why we're highlighting them in a second. Water Springs beats Council in the first game, 52 to 43. Council is kind of one of the favorites from over there in District 3, and this was a 1AD2 versus 1AD2 matchup. So for Water Springs, kind of a measuring stick game, and they beat Council uh, by nine, and that was a pretty good win for them. They get to the semifinals. They have to play Horseshoe Bend. To me, that's a worse team than than Council. Um, they win that pretty easily, forty-two to twenty-three. So they meet up with Carey in the championship, and Carey is a one A D one school. So it's not like they got to worry about Carey down the line at state or anything. But they fall sixty-four to thirty-eight. But that first win over Council to me puts Water Springs in in good conversation when you're talking about you know can they get to state and can they compete? I think Water Springs can. Yeah, they're right. You know, they're right there. I, you know, it'll be that that division two is pretty interesting with Rockland. We talked about that earlier. We we kind of thought it was Rockland and then maybe a mix of teams, but that kind of you know kind of shoots Water Springs ahead of the back to me. Yes, uh, completely agree there. And so uh, that one AD two Rocky Mountain Conference is going to be very interesting as we. Uh, get down the stretch here, Sean. Uh, tonight, tonight, I've got a game to broadcast in like uh, three-ish hours. So people... It's, the, it's really far away, though. Uh, yeah, really long trip. Uh, <laughs> when people are tuning into this, uh, this game probably will have already happened, but I will would love to come back next week and talk about what I saw at this game. Um, it is a non-conference game tonight, East Idaho game night on idahosports.com from Grace Lutheran. Uh, it's going to be the Royals of Grace Lutheran 1A D2 squad hosting Malad, a 2A program. And so I'm really excited to see this Grace Lutheran team. There's been a lot of buzz coming out about the Royals and and their you know star guard Ben Hess, who uh, is a phenomenal player. 
Um, so I'm excited to see Grace Lutheran and see where they stack up with, you know, Rockland and Water Springs at the top of this league. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to interesting to see because Grace Lutheran's already played Water Springs and Malad. So, but if you, you know, at the start of the season, I think it's really hard to say what's going to happen after you get you know, nine or 10 games in, then I'm a little more intrigued by what the results are if, if you get my drift. Yes. And so they, they played water Springs in the very first game of the year. And it was a one point game. Water Springs won 28 27. I guarantee you if these two teams played again and they don't in the regular season, but you know, district tournament, they could meet up. Uh, I, I, I guarantee you the points are going to be a little higher. It's not going to be 28 27. Yeah. You kind of look at, uh, or Grace Lutheran's scores and the points of one up exponentially since the start of the season they might not have had everyone you know i you know grace Lutheran doesn't is not going to have a you know a deep bench they're you know they probably have eight guys i would imagine or so <laughs> so yeah. i mean if the you know so you know start of the season someone might still be doing something else or something so maybe they didn't have anyone so that, that'll be a good matchup tonight definitely and yeah that's the tough part about this rocky mountain conference is there are eight uh there are nine teams in this league um, so you're not going to get to play everybody twice. And for a lot of them, uh, the one matchup like Water Springs, Grace Lutheran, it was a season opener. Well, that's a conference game because it's the only time they're playing. And it looked like, you know, when I was looking at the schedules in the preseason, a lot of the first uh, uh, matchups between everybody were the ones that were going to count in the league standings. So the league standings are pretty close to being complete. You know, we'll have a couple of conference games that might impact the standings you know, as we get through January, but really where it's at right now is going to be pretty close to how it ends up finishing up. So that'll be interesting to see um, as well. So let, let's talk about our boys, top 25, daily top 25, our, our debut ranking. <laughs> that's Water a good Springs. lead in. <laughs> What's that? I said, that's a good lead in because Water Springs is number two. Yeah. Water Springs at two, 11 and two overall. I think the the games they played at the truckstop.com tournament definitely helped them uh, in terms of our power rankings. Uh, they are ahead of Rockland, who's number three overall at 10 and one. And then you've got, you know, Pokey is at four. They're 10 and 0. That's Pocatello. Um, you've got uh, Marsh Valley at 12, Snake River at 13. Hillcrest at 15 is kind of the head scratcher, right? Everyone's going to go. Well, what they the only have eight games, to? right? Yeah. So does, how does it count in the Utah games then? So uh, the out of state opponents are all treated the same based upon their classification size, if that okay. makes sense. It's not like a max preps ranking thing where um, it ranks everybody regardless of their, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. Mm -hmm. so Hillcrest played similarly sized schools from Utah uh, down at that corner Canyon tournament of champions and then there were some close games in there too so you're not going to get the style points necessarily again and yeah Hill, and Hillcrest just beat um Madison in a very close game last night so that would probably affect that big time right I mean yes yeah the the the, the tight wins don't help them in this power rankings but again using yeah. our eyes you know Hillcrest probably number one team and and like any like division it's, it's it's funny because on this list uh Hawaii and Lake City aren't even ranked and I mean those are the two best 5A teams you know, most people think 
you know, there's only one 5A team that even cracked our top 25, and it was at 25. It was Timberline, actually. Uh, that's a team you've seen a couple times this year, Sean. So Yeah, and yeah, Timberline's good, but Tim- Timberline's maybe fourth or fifth out of that district, maybe, right? I don't even know what the conference standing is, but um, <sighs> I don't know. Timberline, Timberline's a team, though, that I think, you know, they got uh, they've got one of the tallest biggest athletic kids um and alex lebeau and uh he 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 can be a game changer so i i can see why that that they're going to be they're going to be dangerous but um yeah then you've got preston at 17 you got firth at 20 teton at 22 sugar salem 23 but yeah interesting interesting stuff um yeah like you said i test i don't know I don't know if anyone could really beat. I mean, you might just get lucky and Hillcrest has a bad game, which when you play so many games in basketball, it could happen, but I don't know. <laughs> It'd be rough. <laughs> they would have yeah. to like maybe make their basket smaller. I don't know. But yeah, they're a pretty solid team. We know Snake River's good. Um, yeah, but that's kind of crazy to me that Lake City isn't on there. <laughs> so but it's probably because they probably don't have a ton of games, so either they probably have less amount of games than everyone else, I would imagine, too. Yeah, fewer games and a lot of out-of-state um, games as well for Lake City. So, um, and, and and same with Hawaii. You know, Hawaii's played a very small number of games, and they're, I think, 5-3 and three on the season because they've played a very challenging schedule. So, again, this is just what the computers say. It's not necessarily you know, what we actually think, but again, kind of a fun exercise. And again, we're going to update this every weekday morning. I'm going to go through all the the scores from the previous night, pick a game to highlight, show you what changed in the rankings. Um, So check back every morning at idahosports.com for the new updated top 25 for girls and boys basketball. It's going to be a lot of fun for sure. All right, let's get out of here real quick. We'll talk wrestling Raleigh lane invite. This is kind of the creme de la creme of high school wrestling. It's going to take place uh, at the Idaho Center over in Nampa this weekend. Um, Blackfoot's going to be there competing without Mac Mogger. Uh, Mac Mogger, of course, the Division One commit, standout wrestler for Blackfoot. He's going to go to a national tournament, uh, Doc B, and um, compete there. But the rest of Blackfoot's team will be there. Um, you know, you're going to see Thunder Rage over there competing. They, they like their chances to, to maybe get some wins. South Fremont originally was going to go to Raleigh Lane. And, of course, we know South Fremont has been the juggernaut of 3A wrestling yeah. for a long time now. Um, and it was kind of a cool deal. They scheduled a dual competition with Meridian, the two-time defending 5A champ. So you've got South Fremont and Meridian going head-to-head. I think it's actually tonight, Sean, as we're recording this. Um, okay. So That'll be fun. That's, yeah. Uh, and wrestling, you know, and wrestling's like tennis. Like, you, the the Sizer school really, I don't think, makes a huge difference because you have all those different weight classes. And if you have a program, you fill those spots and um yeah that's i wrestling's a really fun um i think it's fun because you know it doesn't matter if you're at you know you know marsh valley but you could be the best 185 pounder in the state regardless just because and they have and you know you guys have the mat chat and the great ranking um for 
the wrestling and uh, makes wrestling really fun. Now you're gonna have to do like the top 25 wrestlers in each weight class. I'm sure you have extra time. Oh man, I will, <laughs> I will pass that off to somebody else uh, for sure. Not enough hours in the day. Um, but uh, South, yeah. So South Fremont and Meridian are gonna do all. Um, and then and then South Fremont was going to do the Raleigh Lane, but they they pivoted at the last moment, and they're actually gonna go to Buell for the Buell invite. Uh, takes place the same days as Raleigh Lane. And that, I think, is actually a better fit overall for South Fremont because the best 3A teams are going to be in Buell. And for South Fremont, yeah, it'd be cool to go to Raleigh Lane and compete against all these 5As and 4As and out-of-state schools. But for them, it's it's all about winning 3A state again. So they want to see how they stack up against the best from Class 3A and the best from Class 3A are going to be in Buell this weekend. So going to be a good competition for those 3a schools from east idaho for sure so yeah then that and that's what you want you want to go and play um the teams that you're going to see later you want you want that look early man if as a coach i i want that look early i want to see i want to be able to adjust and uh make make the changes needed to finish out the season at top definitely so all right well a lot uh that we had to get to sean we condensed it as much as we could and (laughs) Boy, things are really starting to heat up in, in hoops and in wrestling, and uh, it's going to be state tournament time before we know it. Wow. <laughs> it's it's going to be wild. I, so, you know, it's going to be district time before you know it. That I'm not I'm not getting I'm not going this far to say it's ter- t- uh, state yet. Um, we gotta get we gotta get through districts, Brandon. Yeah, that, <laughs> that reminds me, I got to start emailing athletic directors uh, for district tournament brackets. If you're an AD and you're watching this. Uh, just send me, send me your bracket, Brandon at idahosports.com. That'll, yeah, that'll maybe, maybe Ty it. shipping could just do all the brackets. I'd be fine <laughs> with that. He does good tennis brackets too. I like the Excel sheets. I like the color coding. So <laughs> Ty shipping master of brackets. That's yeah. going to be the, the podcast title this week. I think it's pretty apt description. So, all right. Uh, Sean, as always, thanks for hopping on, uh, have fun. Yeah. Everybody at whatever competition you're going to be at this weekend, we'll see you back here next week for another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on idahosports.com.